What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey guys, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse, And I'm Adam. Let's talk Hoya. Hello, everybody. Annyeong. Hola. Hello. So today we have a super special, exciting guest to share with you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's it. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> and today we're going to have a chat with Rachel Colette Conroy. Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. Welcome to the Let's Talk Hoya pod. The, somebody famous, because, you know, you're up in in with the celebrities with three names. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Collette Conroy. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I love that. Oh, uh, no. I think that's pushing it, but I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you may that's have all it seen. takes is having three names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you may have seen Rachel on Facebook groups and we've talked about her quite yes, a have. bit on the podcast just because we just love she's out there sharing the information, doing amazing research and she may have hopped on one of your posts and, you know, share some cool information with you. Um, and so today specifically, we're going to go over information on Hoya species, Hoya cultivar, and what all that means and laying down that foundation. Yeah. So we can have Rachel come on and answer more in-depth questions, but this is like an intro, a little bit about her. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited. So Rachel, tell our listeners a little bit just about you. Like, what is it that you do and who you are? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, uh, I like Hoyas. Wow, weird. <laughs> it's true. The rumors are true. I like Hoyas. Um, but for me, the hobby is uh, just as much, I think, gathering up information about them, these little bits of lost history as it is collecting the Hoyas themselves. Mm. Uh, I didn't really realize that at first, you know. Um, there were a lot of years in there where I was just growing Hoyas and especially Carnosa and really excited that they were thriving in miracle Grow <laughs> on my front porch. <laughs> And there were spider mites driving there with them, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> and, um, and it was all going really swimmingly. And, um, and I, I didn't really think there was much else there until I went to repot that first giant carnosa and went online and um, was like, I got I to gotta Google how to repot this thing. And then I found like the old Cubits Forum. Oh, and um, the Cubits Forum. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this was in like 2014, 2012 ish. Wow. It, no, it was like 2014 because it was around when I got married. And uh, I was down in my basement of my old house with this big Carnosa. And I was like, okay, 
this person, Carol, sounds like she knows what's up. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to this thing here. I'm gonna add some charcoal. I'm gonna put some, like, you know, I'm gonna put some. What is this wicked bark in here? Mm. And I'm not gonna do it with just Miracle Grow anymore. And I think I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> And then I just like went down a rabbit hole of like, wow, like what's SP Kunming Kina? It's Oreo China now, by the guy, by the way, guys. And, uh, you know, like I, and I was like fascinated by all these stories and history mm. that they had to share. And I was also broke. So I did not buy <laughs> any of these toys they tried to talking about. I just was like making lists and like reading stories. Mm. And, but I was really interested in, in who these people were and what mm. their stories were. And so I started kind of gathering that up and learning about it. And uh, so that is who I am. I'm just a person who likes to uh, study those stories and histories and cultivars. And uh, I work on Stemma Journal with Mark Randolph, yes. who founded it in the uh, mid 2000s. And he runs it today. And I grow Hoyas. See, I love that because it wasn't just like, it wasn't this. Well, especially that time frame, because it wasn't, I don't want to say mainstream, but you know, it wasn't like there was Instagram people like had Hoya Instagrams and all that. And what brought you into it was the fascinating stories of people and also the research. You know, you weren't just like, oh, I love this foliage. I'm, I'm like, I need this Hoya. You were just like, oh, I want to know all the research. I want to know every, like, that's, I don't know. That's special. Yeah. And also like, you can tell that you're that type of person. <laughs> that you're a real nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely did that too. You know, we all, there's definitely a time where like, Oh, I just, you know, that looks, that looks like a really cool way to touch and I'm interested. Um, but, but yeah, they, you know, not being able to afford those Hoyas yet and Mm. not really, I think that that just made me really curious about what was there. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I still didn't know a lot about them, then at that point in time, like that was really more just my like, what is this world of Hoyas face? You know, what is, what is all of this? Um, You know, I didn't, I didn't really go deep diving then yet, you know, that was, that was still late later. Mm. I think a lot of us maybe found that the same way Mm. um, with like uh, a first search through like, you know, PS the Hoyan when it was, available online was, um, you know, searching for a specific species uh, mm-hmm. and trying to find out more information about it. And then for me, uh, as, as an insomniac, I just <laughs> stayed up many, many late hours mm-hmm. just reading all of those. Um, and then I was like, okay, you know, I want to trace these back to the original publications and see if this is right and if it's accurate today and um that's because, wild you know. yeah I can only imagine because you know that was almost a decade ago and so Oof. just even <laughs> <laughs> hit me with the 2014 was almost a decade ago wow <laughs> but I I almost wonder you know for you how much of a shift that's felt like because of course Hoya have become so big. And with that, I feel like there's just more 
people looking for knowledge. And so there's more information like people are trying to find and interest and things like that. And so do you feel like, you know, just from when you were first starting your research to now, there's like a big difference in kind of like what you're finding or how you're approaching things even? I think that now with Facebook available, mm. it's it's almost, it's like, it's all right there. Mm. So even mm-hmm. with myself, you know, trying to keep track of all of the threads, um, it's almost a little bit impossible in some ways yeah. um, because like an, a Hoya will be discovered um, or, or many Hoyas will be discovered and then they are available mm-hmm. for sale almost, mm-hmm. almost immediately and they are given uh, often, oftentimes descriptive trade names mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know in addition to their species names if they have a species names if they've been identified as a species and you know suddenly there's all of these is for sale and you know I don't I don't have to be involved in this but I feel this sort <laughs> yes. of compulsion and it's overwhelming mm. to realize all of these Hoyas are for sale and they have all of these names attached to them and if we don't keep track of them and of where they're coming from and if, if they're endangered or endemic mm. to specific locations and it's um I don't know it, I find it overwhelming and I find yeah. it I can only imagine. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, even looking into one type of Hoya and trying to find more information or pinpoint like exact locality information can become overwhelming. So just trying to think Mm -hmm. all of those Hoya and trying to like keep track of it. Oh, my gosh. It has to feel like so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I think that leads kind of into, you know, because when I was first starting into Hoya, I had no idea the difference between a species, a cultivar, you know, to me, a Hoya was a Hoya, right? And I feel like once you start going a little bit deeper into it, you start realizing, no, there's a, there's a distinct difference. There's a difference between a species, a difference between a cultivar. And especially for some of our newer Hoya head listeners, like I'd love to kind of break that down for them and what, you know, categorizes a Hoya as like a species or a cultivar. Um, So should we just kind of chat about like species? Like what makes a Hoya a species? Um, I mean, sure. You know, that's, um, (laughs) it's funny. I was thinking about this, right? Like, and, and I have to go back and clarify before Mm -hmm. we jump to that. Mm -hmm. When I was answering your question about 2014 to Uh now, like, what I was doing in 2014 was Googling and what I'm doing oh. in two th- and what I'm doing now is research. You know what I mean? It's a different yeah. thing. So I want to clarify that difference. <laughs> like it's a different world. Like I, what I was doing then was like desperate, clueless, childish mm. Googling. <laughs> and what I'm doing now is like trying to research, but I'm still just learning as I go. Um, Like anyone would be no matter their level. You're saying the internet is not always right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. No, I mean, I mean that I, I I mean that it would, you know, um, (laughs) no matter how, how much I learn, I'm not trying to imply that I was doing some sort of serious research, no matter what I may have been querying back then. Before (laughs) Uh, we do the species, chat I would like to know you know at one point did you like really get into the 
Like, how did you, you know, like step your foot into that more hardcore Hoya research? And now, you know, you're in the works with some big, in my mind, big Hoya people like Mark Randall. And, you know, like, how did you kind of get into that world? I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> nerds know other nerds. That's it just happens. How, yeah, they're like, this person's a nerd. Which I, I love. So I'm not saying that in a derogatory term at all. <laughs> takes It takes one to know one. Yes, I was does. about to say, you guys, we swear Hoya is the biggest thing in the world right now. But like three people are going to listen to us. <laughs> but to us, it's everything. No. And I love loving things that like passionately, like to where mm. it's like, oh, my goodness, you're so famous. And it's like, OK, in this very small niche community you are and I love that yeah to the point our most recent recording that we haven't launched yet was literally we just talked about Borneo because we're like oh yeah in Borneo so let's talk about Borneo you know like just getting into that headspace now mm -hmm. what was the original question that we just bounced around <laughs> this is welcome to a recording Which at Let's Talk Hoya <laughs> oh just you know there were two. Oh, <laughs> there were two. Oh, um, <laughs> you, you tell me which one you want me to answer. <laughs> well, the first one, I well, the, I think the first one is like, how did you, you kind of stepped away, not stepped away, but went into the more research end of it instead of the, you Googling know, the and just, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for me, that was just, I really just wanted to learn. Right. So that went from, I'm um, just, you know, asking a lot of questions what goes from asking a lot of questions and they're just trying to learn about my plants and making sure that I have them tagged properly to you know wait a minute I think that this publication's actually wrong mm. uh, and so maybe we need to look into this or uh, and how does one go about doing that and then you know just a learning about things on kind of a different level and then you know when you start doing that you um, then you, you end up in a kind of a different place than you were, you know, three steps ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, it just, it just went from like, what does everyone think of my pretty Brittany to this is not a, that's not a Brittany, that's Hoya S-P-E-A-F Brittany I, and no, it isn't. It's, you know, it, it just yeah. turns into an evolution of mm. learning when, you know, over the years and then, um, and then you're in a different place. And, um, and now you're part of STEMA. <laughs> it's a very earnest thing that is a labor of love of yeah. Mark's that, you know, he certainly has meant to put forward just, you know, good work and good writing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and hopefully that will get to continue for lots of years. But yeah, I'm very glad to get to be. I'm really glad that I have that opportunity. Yeah. And as avid Hoya lovers, whenever uh, Stemma comes out, like wh whoever, which one of us, you know, whichever one of us sees it first, we're like, there's a new article of Stemma, you know, and yeah. then we'll send the link and then read it. And we thoroughly enjoy it and love all of the awesome work that, you know, all of you guys at Stemma are putting together yeah. for us Hoya lovers. So we truly appreciate and enjoy it. I'm so glad. <laughs> Please uh, definitely feel free to always give us suggestions and ideas and come discuss the articles and you know we um, we always love ideas we've got uh, some really 
I'm very excited about the content we have coming up for this issue that is that is really, really well underway. (laughs) Yes, particularly cool article. Uh, well, several, but one that has, I think, long awaited by the community. Ooh. So that's the biggest hint excited. I'll give there. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay, we'll be waiting for it and then looking forward to being able to share that with our listeners too. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so now back to the second question that we talked about was yes. let's talk about what makes a Hoya a species. Well, not really a species, but. But what is a, yeah, what is is a Hoya species? With species, it's going to be, it's a group, it's a taxonomic grouping. They're going to be similar. They're going to be visually similar. Uh, It's not going to be, it's not a single clone. It's never going to be a single clone. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, okay, well, my Callistophila looks different than yours so they must be different species some would argue that a species should just be one particular phenotype you know but mm-hmm. it's um it's going to be a lot of different phenotypes within a species it's a, it's the basic group the basic grouping so basically the hoya that hasn't been hybridized with another hoya like it's it's just yes it's one that basic plant group in found in in nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes yes and then when we move into saying a cultivar so a cultivar mm-hmm. is a selected plant so that means like if you you found a mutation in nature mm-hmm. or a mutation in your nursery or you hybridized two separate species, or you grafted a species onto another part of a plant and created something unique. Uh, I should have the code open in front of me for more examples. (laughs) Or (laughs) had a, you know, unique set of um, all white blooming seedlings from an otherwise blue blooming plant Mm -hmm. um then these could qualify as seedlings and you can read because i'm i am paraphrasing here for you um (laughs) you can read the international code of nomenclature for internet for cultivated plants Mm -hmm. it is found online free and can be translated to all languages and i think you've posted Um, that on um facebook before yes Mm -hmm. and I think that's where my curiosity for really understanding like cultivar species and what all of that means really came from was actually from I think I actually have it saved on (laughs) Facebook but I read that and at that point it really hit me like oh my gosh you know this is a really huge thing and that really piqued my interest in understanding exactly what the distinction is and how that affects me, you know, as a collector and someone now, you know, who sells plants to other people and being able to share Mm -hmm. that information. So I want to thank you for sharing that. Oh, goodness. I'm so (laughs) glad that it piqued your interest. I'm 
happy to have put it out there and I'm glad they put it out there for us and that it's something that, that they are you know that is to be shared freely and translated freely mm-hmm. it can um it can be a little bit you know cumbersome I, I've read through it uh, at least 30 times now and wow. I need to read through it a lot a lot more <laughs> dang I've read through it a few times and still there are parts in there where I'm like I don't really know what that fully means but right right one day it may hit me and i will fully understand (laughs) (laughs) that's how codes are (laughs) they're supposed supposed to be very clear and sometimes um sometimes that can be cumbersome yeah so if uh going back to like the cultivar thing so if I had a plant in my collection, I don't have a nursery, but if I had a plant in my collection that was displaying some very unique characteristics, how does that then become a cultivar? Do you have to propagate it, show that it can, can carry out that trait? or And what's that process like? And then it has to be published somewhere, I'm assuming. Yes. So the publication is a really important part. Mm. Uh, so the idea... The idea with a cultivar is that, you know, it, it's selected, right? You, mm-hmm. you select this mutation and then it shows stability and consistency mm-hmm. and that it is unique from others. So it shouldn't just be, oh, I have, you know, I have found this mutation and it's different from what I already had and it's cool, but also, maybe there's 150 others similar to it. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't propagate anything cool we find. I mean, by all means, like, <laughs> if you find it, propagate cool stuff you find and grow it out and enjoy it because it's pretty and it's fun to do. I do it all the time. I have so many cool silvery carnosas and, you know, it's, it's who wouldn't? Yeah. But um, it but I'm not going to name them um, because what that's it's redundant and it would not make sense. Um, they're already out there and they're not right. unique enough. Right. Um, but if you do find something that is unique and is worth, um, you know, maybe selecting to see if it would fall under being a unique, consistent mutation then you can select it and grow it out and see if it continues Mm -hmm. and then over time you can also follow the process for you know choosing a name that could be accepted there's a process for choosing the correct name Mm -hmm. um, as well and then it needs to be properly um, published and of course there's you know qualifications for how to publish the name and the, the Hoya itself with the description or diagnosis and in the right kind of publication and um, you know with the right kind of circulation and then have a cultivar out there. Yeah. Usually it's nurseries that are doing this, larger mm-hmm. nurseries, because mm-hmm. they have big scale. So they have lots of mutations show up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of that in like the heyday of like Cobia. Um, and we see a lot of it coming out of China and yes. Indonesia, even yes. even from the wild. Um, 
which is okay. Mm-hmm. A, a cultivar can be, you know, even though I, I was on, I, I had misconceptions about this in the past, cultivar can absolutely be selected from the wild, but it does need to be published. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean that the ones that have been named will not be valid, but they don't have taxonomic standing until they mm. are published. Mm-hmm. So they, mm-hmm. they will need to be published. And I'm glad mm. that you clarified that because I had that misunderstanding too initially was that if a Hoya was wild found that it wasn't a cultivar. Mm-hmm. But now we're saying if it's unique enough and it can stand that what am I looking for? That the standard or yeah, the, like the stand, yeah, then then it can be classified as a cultivar. So what's an example of that? Yeah, like a mutation, like, like um, mm-hmm. something like like Nicholsonia New Guinea mm-hmm. ghost, mm-hmm. where it is a where it is a specifically like a, an individual seedling mm-hmm. of Nicholsonia mm-hmm. that is a one off seedling found on a tree that falls under an example from the International Code of Nomenclature from mm-hmm. uh, cultivated plants, it, as opposed to something like. Um, you know, like Herman's really gorgeous uh, Verticillata um, MAO7, where that is an exceptional, and, you know, it's, you know, where it's numbered and it should be numbered, mm-hmm. but then he also has several other numbered Verticillata with a dark margin that if you would probably not want to publish those as a cultivar because you could potentially mix them up if you mm-hmm. didn't have them numbered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that really makes me think because, you know, it's not just you say, oh, this way is different. We're going to make it a cultivar. I mean, very right. There's a very distinct, distinguished process that it has to go through to be named that. And so now that kind of carries into, you know, all of these Hoya are in market. And they're given all of these names and they're not published. And so, you know, what is, you know, what are, what are kind of your thoughts on that? Um, Opposed to something, you know, being like a cultural epithet to just all these trade names that are out there that didn't go through the proper procedure and um, they're widely being used and um, being circulated in the mainstream market. Uh, you know, I, I'm not really in a position to judge so much as yeah. to hopefully help. Um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, I would like to, in general, I, I'd love to see the, the whole market just kind of take a breath and slow down <laughs> a little bit, it, most, mostly for the sake of the forests. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to see everyone, um, watch like Fraser Cook's most recent video. Yes. Um, and like everyone learn about, you know, just where their plants are coming from mm-hmm. and just know every time they buy a plant, you know, as much as they can, as far back as possible. Um, you know, I can, I, I, it can pretty much name with every plant in my collection where it was extracted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, pretty close or which, you know, which hunter it came from. Wow. Um, And I am not judging when someone cannot, because that is not the name of the game. You know, it hasn't (laughs) been for a long time, but um, I, I want to be able to do that. And I think we should Mm. all be able to, to do that. 
within reason to know, did, did they get this from that nursery? Did they get it from, you know, this hunter? Was it grown out before it was sold? Um, mm. And I think that's important. And if we can't do that and talk about it and think about it, then it's, then we probably really should think about how many plants we're collecting. Um, you know, as far as the names on the Lacanosa, I have a friend, you know, I was venting about it and I have a friend <laughs> that is very, very smart. And she said, you know what? Names gives us information. Mm. And uh, when you've got those names there, you can trace them back to something. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> You know, where I would have rather seen location and numbers, mm -hmm. um, names are, at least in my opinion, you know, they're second best, right? Um, she likes names better. She's very, very intelligent person, probably smarter than me. So I don't think that she's wrong. I don't think that I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind if um, I would like to see where it all falls yeah. in the future. Yeah. And, you know, because we were chatting before and you're telling me your extensive Hoya collection. And so I'm sure tracking all of that information down and where everything came from, like, I can only imagine the amount of work that went into that. Um, do you keep like a Excel spreadsheet or something like that to keep track of everything? Or what's your uh, what's your method? Um. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um, so I keep, I keep a handwritten notebook uh -huh. and I keep this really awful proprietary, uh, app called AnyList, uh -huh. which don't do it because it used to import into Excel yeah, and that, that was why I used oh. it. It's terrible. Yeah. It, it no longer imports into Excel. Oh no. See. So don't do it. Um, <laughs> so, so now I'm having to update everything back into Google, uh, into Google Docs, which is, you know, the superior way to do it. Oh, man. Um, the only reason <laughs> I used any list was because things came in and out so quickly and mm. I wanted to be able to have um, a photo attached very simply. And any mm. list allows you to add a photo mm. and I could update it very easily and it was alphabetized and very smooth and... Um, yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> just this don't is do not it. an advertisement don't for any list. <laughs> yeah. See, I tried to do that. I tried to like keep a list of the Hoyas in my collection and kind of where they came from. Also, like when I got them, because I wanted to prove that I can keep things alive. So I did the handwritten notebook. I think I got to 50 and then I stopped because like hand cramp. And then I actually downloaded that what is it, Planta app, mm -hmm. oh, where you yeah. can take a picture of your Hoya and you put in all of that information. I think I did three and then I was like, okay, too much work, can't do that. <laughs> and then I started the Excel sheet. I think I got to like 10 and then I stopped. So any any tips and tricks on how to keep that? But it sounds like that handwritten process is probably gonna be what sticks the most because I did get 50 on that list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The problem with handwritten is, you know, you can't share it. So it's very mm. nice for an actual archive. I mean, mm -hmm. I really love, I in, by handwritten notebook, I mean, you know, 15 of them. Um, but you, <laughs> wow. can't, you can't share them quickly. I just, I really like having that box that has like all of those with the hard copies of notes that people have sent with the Hoyas and 
what photos would, and what things would a like modern that. So it's nice day to have. scribe be? Because mm-hmm. back in the day, you hired a scribe oh. to write down your thoughts, but now we need oh. a scribe to type. I'll be your scribe. Just send me your notebooks and I'll type them up. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, but I did want to ask, like, what? Just in case folks don't know, because I know that not everyone comes with the same experience, but what would, what would be like a, an example of a Hoya with a trade name that's not actually a published cultivar, but people treat it as one, like a comp, like a common one. Oh, you know, like, um, uh, so it is a cultivar, but it has a trade name. Uh, Yeah. I'm not sure if this is what you mean, but, um, Hoya Carnosa Crimson Princess, um, so the the cultivar is Hoya Carnosa rubra, okay. But um, it's called Crimson Princess very commonly, mm-hmm. and uh, and this happens with most of co- with a lot of Kobia's uh, cultivars. And I think it's probably just because the trade name was used so widely, and he had it like on his tags, and then the nurseries that uh, and other nurseries used it on tags as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a trade name is not always just a name that is used to market a Hoya before it's published. It's also a name that is used to market an already mm-hmm. published Hoya specifically for marketing purposes. Um, and in this case, um, like Hoya Carnosa Rubra, it's a patent. It was a published and patented um, radiation-induced uh, cultivar, very cool one that you know a lot oh, of I us grow. I told Lydia. Yeah, well, you can look that? it up in the uh, mutant variety database. Ooh, mm-hmm. Mutant, mutant vari- the variety X Men database. database. Okay, okay. One of our recent. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it published. It might have. No, one. not yet. But what I talked about this. I was like, I wonder what we could do to like cause a mutation. And I was like, I'm gonna take a Hoya cutting <laughs> with me to the dentist when they do the x-ray. I'm just going to have it in my mouth and be like, <laughs> or I'm going to break my arm and just shove a little Hoya cutting under there and zap it with some radiation. So that's yeah, been that's done. A, that's where these, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one knows the exact methods that, uh, that Kobe used. And, um, Catch it was rumored that at Hummel- x-ray machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Van Rolta wrote the article um, that is linked, that is the linked source in the mutant variety database um, that is attested to Cobia's mutant varieties. But, um, and I'm using the word varieties here. They're cultivars, but, in, but when you have a legal, vari- a legal variety is equivalent to a cultivar. So like a variety a variety is a is a taxonomic rank that is below subspecies, but uh, when you register a when you have a um, a legal variety, it's like when you go through the patent process mm-hmm. um, with a cultivar. So it's just uh, in this case, it's equivalent, and you can read about that in the International Code of uh, Nomenclature for Cultivated Plants. Okay, as well. so there's a hierarchy: there's species, subspecies, legal variety, variety. Is that kind of how it goes? No, it, uh, variety is is it's in there. It's just um, in this case, it's like seeing that these that this usually like a cultivar is like the lowest little taxonomic rank, and mm. in this case. 
um, a variety. These are just like a cultivar that is legally also called a variety. Gotcha. No, that that sounds a little bit convoluted. And I apologize, (laughs) all of you listeners. You are welcome to PM me with questions in this case. I promise (laughs) it's less crazy than it sounds. Um, Promise it's uh, it's really just means that they're cultivars, but they have the legal term variety. Um, It just means that they have a patent, really. That's one thing I do want to say. Uh, you are always so kind and we've mentioned that on the pod too. You have so much patience with people, especially when they ask questions. I was like, literally you could have found that on your own, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but you're so kind and in offering your knowledge to everyone, yeah. we will have your stuff linked below. Also, anything we talk about will be in link below and in the show notes. So you guys can find that listeners. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, back, back on track. We talked about, cultivar epithets versus mm-hmm. trade names. So like what a trade name would we, would we say like Lacanosa silver mint coin? That's not even a trade name. That's just like a marketing name, right? Uh, well, you know, I don't know exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I really, I couldn't tell you. I don't know if what we have there is a selected mutant from the forest. Hmm. Uh, I haven't, I haven't traced that all the way back yet. I don't know if it appeared in a nursery. Um, I've, I've reached out. Um, you know, to some people. So I'm not going to, you know, that's kind of in the middle of research right here um, for me is, uh, but with some of these, um, what it looks like, there's quite a few, um, you know, in in the dozens um, of named silver lacanosa mutations, or maybe some that, are the same but have multiple names so if if it's this if it's the same with multiple names then whichever one was named first you know would be the first name and the next one would be a trade name um but but once published you know Uh, so anyhow something something if it's a if it's a legitimate cultivar then it can it's okay to have a name on the market before it's published it just doesn't have, just doesn't really have taxonomic standing until mm. it has been published. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it has some amount of weight if it, if it's been out there long enough, that could matter. There's been some precedents where there's been like a court case and then um, a name that had been out oh. there for a really long time on the market took standing over one that, you know, only had like one cultivar in existence and tried to publish but this cult for have been out a really long time, but hadn't published. So it's, wow. you know, wow. anyhow, you know, they'll be sorted drama. and treat them, <laughs> you know, keep your, keep your labels, mm. treat them as if they are, treat them as if they are cultivars. If you learn anything about them, please feel free to message me. Mm-hmm. They're all beautiful. They're all, you know, worthy of growing. And um, I hope to learn more about them in the future. Okay. Uh, but, but Hoya, you know, right now, you know, as far as I know, they're Hoya Lacanosa and the rest of the names, you know, until they're published, how are we to know what they are? Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's my real true. question. That's how we find out what a name is, is, yeah. is because it's been published someplace. Um, sidebar, but what I need in my life is a TV show or a YouTube series where you're the Judge Judy of the Hoya naming and we, <laughs> we have two people bring their evidence and you're going to decide what the final name is. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, 
What would we name the show? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it has to have Rachel. Rachel Collette Conroy. <laughs> anyway. Um, so back to our cult of our chat. Yeah. Uh, what are some like problematic practices that have kind of become widespread as, and I don't mean problematic as in like, I don't know how we mean problematic, but stuff that like shouldn't more like be. That's ca- like causing more confusion. Yeah. Is what I think, you know. Not that people are intentionally trying to be. Right. Wrong or, but like, what are some widespread ones that, that you see a lot that we can just shine a little light on? Sure. Oh, uh, well, I'll circle, I'll circle back to the, um, cause I'm not sure if I like really, um, answer because I think that's kind of the answer is the rubra crimson queen situation. Um, and I'm not sure if I actually answered that very well. Um, so that I see kind of every day and I probably overly answer, I over answer that. So I'm going to like put that in an article someplace so that I don't (laughs) just post it in Facebook (laughs) comments all over the place, but I'm going to say it right here too. So uh, so Bern- so this is just a very simple thing about one cultivar, but it also relates. It's the same thing with his tricolor, which is the outer variegated. So uh, Barnell Cobia's inner variegated cultivar is just one of many inner variegated cultivars on the market. Um, and that is Hoya Carnosa Rubra. It's the one we just spoke about a minute, a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Its correct name is Rubra. A cultivar can only have one accepted name. And uh, and it's called Crimson Queen as if that was the cultivar name pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. But that is only the trade name. And a trade name is written, if at all, in all caps or in a differently stylized way so that you can tell that's the trade name. So if we see it, we regularly see it kind of written as the cultivar name or, you know, maybe just kind of written. Um, and uh, then the other one is, of course, Crimson Queen, and that's tricolor. And I think what has happened over the years is that a lot, and I've contributed to this before, I realized there were so many other named inner and outer variegated Carnosa cultivars, mm-hmm. is that, that people just lump them all together into one and call Guilty. all well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right but they're different of course get it yeah ben guilty um <laughs> call them all one and then they use those as the the names and mm. neither of those are their cultivar names and neither of those should be written as cultivar names mm. See, so that, i'm looking forward to clarifying that yes, because and, uh, that is the there. one thing that i see all the time when i join that hoy identification group which, which is why i called you a saint because mm-hmm. I constantly Aww. see your response in there to the 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 inner and outer variegated Carnosa. And I honestly didn't know this until I saw your response, ignorant on my part, that not all inner variegated are a rubra and not all outer variegated are a tricolor. Like I just did not get that until I saw your response. But then Same. I'm like sitting here thinking do you have a spreadsheet full of responses that you just copy and paste because you do give the information <laughs> and it's a lot of information, and a lot of good information. But then I'm sitting here like, I'm like, I wonder what she does. Like 
She's like, okay, well, I got to go to this spreadsheet, copy <laughs> cell A1 over because they asked this question. No, I should, though. You should. Girl, we got to work should. smarter. I thought harder. about it. <laughs> Make a spreadsheet of just all I the responses too, she's given to all different types of Hoya. Yes. And then it could become like a book, I bet. It, it definitely could. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'd like to um, just get it out maybe in an article someplace mm-hmm. and, and make sure it's it's all. That's why I, I, you know, really I want to just make sure I have all of this information always correct and mm-hmm. from all of the right, right, accurate sources reviewed and put mm-hmm. it out where it can be seen instead of, you know, I, I, I always enjoy helping people that are new learners like I have been lots of times and will be many times again. Mm-hmm. Um, that I always enjoy that. And that's why I keep coming back, you know, cause I relate to it so hard, but, um, but it's hard to, to do that. It's kind of more just my stress relief, you know, when I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I'm making my kids lunch I, or I'm like blow drying my hair. So I'm going to like for five minutes, check in and make sure that there's not some, some something getting going on that requires making sure that I need to delete a comment here or there and <laughs> or hit mute somewhere. Um, and that's where I'll check in on the groups. And then I end up instead like, mm. Oh, I'm, Oh, I'm explaining this again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and I don't know why it's, it's very often the same things that end up kind of near to my heart because I because they're the things that I'm kind of studying and mm. I have spent time on um and then I will like move away to another area for like <laughs> six months where I'm like oh this is the thing I'm working on and it's sort of self-centered you know lacanosa for six months and Cantiana <laughs> for six months and so yeah I don't I don't I don't know what it'll be next year <laughs> But I hope I'll be patient then too. And I hope it'll just get published and reviewed and not just be in comments and that it will be helpful. Yeah. And not wrong. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But one thing that I'm really excited to talk to you about, I mean, everything, everything that we've talked about (laughs) so far, but particularly writing Hoya names because Adam and I have a shop and I try to, you know, keep up with all the names and make sure I'm writing things correctly because when I first started collecting, I w- didn't know that there was a difference in a capitalized S to a lowercase S and um, and now all of those things are very, very significant. And so I try to be mindful of that, but I still feel like I'm learning mm-hmm. and I still get things wrong. <laughs> um, but I want to chat with you about, you know, the importance of when we write out Hoya names like how every letter or single quotations um, makes a difference. Sure. I, I mean, I love that. I love that you are a shop. You both are a shop that, that cares and it matters. And I think that, um, that there are more out there now who do. I've noticed mm-hmm. that. I think that, that, there are, that there are more out there that really immediately make changes or um pull even pull inventory if they have a questionable id and i get a lot of messages too about that like (laughs) hey i don't think this is right can you check can you check this like please don't ask me i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um 
No, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm happy to check. I'm happy to check those things. Uh, okay, so but, I'm um, always thankful when I send you a message because sometimes I'm like, okay, Adam, like, what do you think about this one? How do you think we should write it? And we're like, I don't know. I think this is the way. And then we're we just tell each other maybe we should ask Rachel. <laughs> Rachel Clay Conroy to the rescue. No, you can. There are a few out there that I have been very glad to have checked. Um, but I don't. I don't want to be. <laughs> anyone's uh, only stop <laughs> so oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad that we all take responsibility together to do mm-hmm. our best absolutely so, but should we start well with? I know I know you mm-hmm. know the basics mm-hmm. but I'm happy to share them here yes. that, uh, that we write the, the genus in a capital letters mm-hmm. and uh, the species is lowercase and the genus and species are italicized um, but I know that we're not all always doing that on Facebook because mobile is a joke and <laughs> we can't so that's very difficult to do and mm-hmm. if you're not doing it on your tags I'm not judging you and uh, that uh, then we use single um quotation marks for our cultivars and then we do trade names in uh, capital letters or otherwise stylized so that could mean like capital letters and italicized Mm -hmm. Uh, and you could throw in a little tm if it's trademarked Um, and you can see examples of that like there are different uh, registries out there that have big lists um, of trademarks, trade names, or not trademarked trade names. And you can see it with um, copias with how those are written as well. Do you think it's appropriate to put trade names in parentheses? A trade name doesn't have to be on there really mm-hmm. at all. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's it's good to have, mm-hmm. um, if especially if it was purchased that way, because in a lot of cases, it's also the common name. Right. And it kind of, you know, it's nicely linked to the plant. It's part of its heritage. So unless there's some doubt that it really belongs with that plant, mm-hmm. then then I like to have them on there. Mm-hmm. And um, and I do it in capitals. The only time, the only reason I don't like doing it in capitals is on Facebook because there's so little information about trade names right now and so little understanding that everyone thinks I'm yelling at them. (laughs) I'm like, Crimson Queen! It's Crimson Queen, guys! I'm like, I'm not not yelling. I'm not yelling at you. This is just how you you write these. So, that's that's how how it should be done. I think what you mean is, is questionable, unpublished, you know, like you've received something and you don't really know mm-hmm. what it is, mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. So um, a really nice way to me, if you just aren't sure what something is, um, I keep the name as it is, or I just write received as, mm-hmm. and I keep, gotcha. and I do, a, I just received as, and um, I don't consider that it's a trade name. I just, it's a, questionable id received as gotcha gotcha just information that people can have so that they can trace back that hoya mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm not really making any sort of a decision about it mm-hmm. i'm just 
putting that information there. So for, but I'm also not in the difficult position of pressing it forward. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm just hanging on to it and I've received it this way and I'm assessing it and I'm tracing it back. Right. Hello, Let's Talk Hoya family. We want to take a moment to share the exciting news of our official launch for exclusive content, aka Peduncle Pals. Through your support, we will be able to keep this podcast going, but also connect with all of you listeners in a more meaningful way. By becoming one of our Peduncle Pals, you'll gain access to two additional After Chat episodes a month, some listener shoutouts, special events, and our exclusive Facebook group. We can't wait to continue to grow this Hoya community with you Peduncle Pals and hope you join us. You can subscribe via the link on our show notes or our Instagram bio. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. For uh, a Hoya that you may have purchased, like I've done this before, but something that has a lot of splash, you know, that is a physical characteristic that's definitely not part of the name of that Hoya, no matter, you know, how someone bought that, correct? So how would that be written? Is that with parentheses, physical characteristics? Like the descriptor? Um, I mean, I guess it depends. You know, usually it's, I guess I feel like that was a loaded question. I'm going to be honest. I heard you say no matter how someone bought that, correct, with a kind of a question mark behind it. So, oh. um, why well, didn't you say to be <laughs> a loaded question? You. But you no, know. it's okay. Yeah. No, no, I know. But um, I'm going to go ahead and throw out there that you know I'm I'm in the process of going through all cultivar names that have been published to the best of my ability, and I. Do not know yet, you know, which ones are, well, yeah, that's so much work. So it's going to take a little more time before we know, you know, which ones are accepted names and mm. which ones, um, that means which was the first name, you know, for a specific cultivar. So, uh, long story short, you know, sometimes there's a Hoya that has the name that has splash in it, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's not the case that you that splash is never part of a cultivar name. Okay. I think that, that there's some confusion there because um, it, it can be part of a cultivar name, but we don't necessarily know which ones yet. And mm-hmm. uh, I do think it gets thrown around as description so much that you know that it's going to be a little confusing to make sure that yours was properly labeled. Yeah. In order to know that you have a properly labeled cultivar, it depends on where it comes from. Um, and you might just have a species that is been called splash, in which case, yeah, I just would call it by the species name, full stop. Full stop. Okay. But if it's a cultivar that you call it by the by the cultivar name. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, this so far this entire episode has just been like the more you know star is just like floating over yeah. my head every time <laughs> you say something. I'm like, huh, the more you know. <laughs> I do have a question about, um, so, you know, one of the things that we've been doing is there's Hoya that have been synonymized. And so take, for instance, you know, Hoya Sarawak is now Verticillata. Is it appropriate to then put the former name in parentheses just for 
um, just for like tracking purposes of, oh, this used to be a Sarawak, but now it's, you know, officially a Verticillata. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, sure. So, well, so Sarawak is, um, well, in that case, that's a, that's a location. So you've got um, lots of, um, that one wouldn't, it's a good example to use mm-hmm. because anytime you've got a location, um, that's not really, that's not an old name. It's location information you can add. So if you have, if you're growing a clone that used to be a SP Sarawak mm-hmm. and is now a Verticillata, and there's also a very popular, uh, formerly known as SP Sarawak that is Latifolia, mm-hmm. um, then it's perfectly fine to send that out as, you know, put to also add, you know, that it's the one from that location. Okay. Um, there's lots of verticillata from that region and lots of latifolia from that region, as well yes. as lots of other <laughs> hoyas from that region. So that's, I think, the only other thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, but there's no reason to not, share that it came from there I think that okay. that's cool to know it's even more fun to know like exactly where if you happen to know you know the nursery or the person who found it and you can mm-hmm. get even more information or if you've got a um like if it's the uh Sarawak that has the GPS number if it's that verticillata that's cool if you're talking about a specific uh, synonymization mm-hmm. um as, as an old species name then yeah that that i a lot of us really do enjoy you know knowing it's a no longer used name mm-hmm. but a lot of people enjoy having that history so there's nothing wrong with saying what it formerly was but uh, uh, some of these, you know, they were just misidentifications mm-hmm. as well. So there's sometimes there's just misunderstanding on the market as well. So one thing I, I this just keeps like opening up more and more questions for me. But I did have a situation once where someone told me that, us, you know, Hoya elliptica. I kind of talked to Fraser about this a little bit because he saw like a bunch of elliptica when he was on his travels recently. Um, and Fraser mm-hmm. is at Botanical Otter on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, well, f- for the listeners, I know you know him, uh, but yeah, he, everyone should follow him. Yes, please. you should. Uh, he um, he ta- he was ta- I was talking about the elliptica, and I was like, look, like I have th- I have three different ellipticas that look all vastly different, but I have only called them elliptica because that's what I got them as. It wasn't like I have you know, no location information. And then someone kind of one time slid into my DMS. It was like, that's an elliptica tie form. And I was like, well, no, cause I don't, I didn't, whoever I got it from, I didn't know it if it came from Thailand or not. So is that something you kind of agree with? You can't really see the physical characteristics of, you know, all of the plants and be like, Oh, this one came from Thailand. Like that information you should only pass along if you know for certain that that's where it came from. I don't know yeah, if that's the right. best way to so, ask that question. Yeah, No, 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 no. You're asking a very good question. Um, I don't ever add numbers or locations to plants that didn't come with them. Okay. Uh, if I, you know, I will, I will identify, you know, as well as I can, using the parts that are in front of me, right? Um, as much as I can, um, but but that's as far as I'll go. I, I use tracing back, you know, I'll trace all the way back as far as I can, asking person to person 
um, okay, well, can I please ask who you got it from? Um, it's for research purposes. I'm not trying to buy more, uh, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I will, you know, take all the parts and, you know, compare it. Um, you know, there's great websites on there where you can compare the pollen area and every floral part and all of the leaves and make some really great IDs. So really trying to add a location is usually not necessary, but you can mm-hmm. find um, that you can find, okay, well, in reality that only certain pop, you know, areas have occurrences of Hoyas that appear like this or, you know, it's, it's very, very unlikely that this came from any place other than this part of Indonesia mm. or um, there's no way that this is from outside of the Philippines. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's like, I'm not going to like add a number mm-hmm. or say this is for sure from Thailand, but I'll make, I'll make those kinds of notes where I'm like, this is, this is very, very likely from here. I'm not going to like make it part of the ID. Gotcha. Okay. So I just want to, for our listeners and also for myself, <laughs> sum up kind of how these names should be written. Um, and so correct me if I'm wrong at any point. So for species, we would be writing our Hoya, if possible, italicized, but Hoya, SP, which stands for species, lowercase, and the Hoya name, like Lacanosa. Um, is it always important to include the SP to denote that it's a species or should the, okay. Oh no, I meant like that. So that's just, if it's unidentified, you just, okay. you just use the SP if you have an unidentified. I see. That so was like, you know, if you had like, um, I was using that example for like SP, um, you know, Sarawak because mm-hmm. it's a location. I see. I see. So then if it's an identified species, it would just be Hoya and then in lowercase yep. and the Hoya name. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. for a cultivar, it would be Hoya and then single quotation and that Hoya name. Um, I've been told it can either be the single quotation or you can write Hoya CV and then the Hoya name. Is that correct? So we no longer use CV. Uh, that oh. was that was changed. Um, I have to check the code for the exact year. I think it was the 1996 oh. um, update, but it's commonly still seen. That was a long time uh, ago. It's, yeah, it, I could be. It could have been 2004. Oh, that me. was the other more recent update, but mm. I think it was 96. Um, but it's no longer used. You know, it's still seen a lot. And it's funny because it's seen like with really specific ones, mm-hmm. um, you know, from from like particular like like in like you'll see it with like CV bent or, mm-hmm. you know, CV blessing. Like there's very particular names that you see it in combination with yes. almost like it's part of only that Hoya's name or something. And I'm, you know, it's it's funny, but it's it's just the single um, just the single quotes. Um, and, uh, but we know that anytime you see the CV, it means that it's a, um, a cultivar. cultivar. We just no longer use the, yeah, we no longer use that. Learn something new every day. I had no idea. So there'd be single quotations and then the first letter of that Hoya name would be capitalized. Correct. Yeah. The first letter of each word Mm -hmm. in the, the um, 
cult of our name. Yes. So if it was like, yeah, if it, if it was, um, you know, like Lydia's amazing Hoya, um, each, each of those would be capitalized. Okay. Okay. But it can't have Hoya in it. You cannot use Hoya. You cannot use the genus name. So retract that as a potential <laughs> and we'll just Lydia's amazing <laughs> yes Lydia, Lydia's amazing oh. yes and then we have to make sure that it doesn't overblow the possible traits of the Hoya and just just all of these little rules but I'm sure it actually would be amazing so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> and then trade names we would put in all caps correct yes all caps okay. is, is the typical way to see those trade names and then um it's okay to put description dis- descriptors locality information or formally known names into parentheses yeah and you know the mm-hmm. way that i usually do that mm-hmm. is like in a in like a written description with a listing or or like before the genus name altogether, like myself, oh, you know, I'll put um, mm-hmm. like, you know, just because like I, I'm a big fan of if I'm going to be in a situation where I don't feel like I need to write the author of the species, which I should do more often because we have situations like Hoya macrophylla white and Hoya macrophylla bloom, uh, then I just don't want to like have confusion by having things after the species name. So it's okay to have something in parentheses back there. You know, it's, it, it's, we're talking about the hobby trade. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the Hoya police are not coming after you. (laughs) Um, As far as I know, um, I haven't heard anything. (laughs) It's like, it's not pinging on my radar at least, Mm -hmm. but in general, I will write splashy, Hoya something. I don't write splashy, but you know, (laughs) variegated, (laughs) variegated Hoya Carnosa, you know, like I'll put my description first. Yeah, that makes so Um, much sense because you don't want it confused as part of the name. And if you were to put it first, then definitely people aren't going to be like, oh, that's part of that Hoya name. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. That's that's kind of my goal with that. Okay. With uh, with a location, it's a little trickier because there's not a there's not a cute way to do that. But um, <laughs> I'll put so that I'm I'm more likely to put uh, Hoya Ingleriana from Vietnam. Mm. But uh, I I'm still not always going to um, okay. stick in the uh, author. Okay. Okay. And then unidentified species, we put the SP. So Hoya SP and yeah. then whatever yes. that unidentified species name is, and that remains lowercase, correct? Um, well, if it's an unidentified species, it's a it's a lo- it's usually a location. So, then so the location is usually capitalized. capitalized. Okay, but it, yeah, it, it depends, you know, um, on what you're using. There's mm-hmm. a, you know a couple of different ways to refer to an unidentified species. Okay, and I know this can be difficult for our listeners to like visualize in your mind. Um, and so we will be sure to write it out for you yes. <laughs> in our show notes so you can see yeah. it, but definitely super helpful for me. I have a lot of listings to go and update here this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did we miss any or are those the bulk of the ones that we usually see? I think that's the bulk of them. Yeah, I think that's most of them. Well, as we 
um, kind of close out this conversation, we still, you know, just want our listeners to know a little bit more about you. So at the end of the episode, we're going to do some just fun lightning questions to ask about um, some Hoya in your collection. But we'd like to know, you know, what's kind of next for you and any future plans or hopes for you in the future, Rachel? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be... <laughs> I've got I've got lots of hopes and plans in the future. I'm going to be I'm going to be focused on on Stemma Journal uh, quite a lot. That's that's my my main uh, Hoya goal is supporting um, our work and the things that we're doing that are uh, auxiliary to that mm. in the next year. Um, I I do have some um, big projects that are tied in, but but separate um, mm. that I will look forward to sharing with you guys at a future date. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I will probably leave it at that. And, um, leave you hanging a little bit. Well, I for one just want to say I'm excited for anything that you're currently working on because yes. uh, you can tell just even from this short time that we've had this conversation, but I could tell just in your past writing how much this is uh, how much you care about this and how close this is to your heart and to put out good and right information. So thank you for all that. Yeah, for sure. From everyone in this community. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for tolerating <laughs> this uh, very long, my, my long windedness and being a little bit dry for this particular format. You're very patient no, and um, it's there. hard for me. It's hard for me to do this in a situation where I can't, um, you know, be edited and uh, <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate it because this is not this is not what I normally do. I want to go back and make sure that everything is sourced and corrected. <laughs> and so I want to say that for everyone um, that this is yeah this is not my normal mo. So mm. I will go back and correct myself in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> we love we love though that you're willing to step outside of that comfort zone. Um, just to bring the Hoya information at a different, um, like in, in an audio format for people, you know, we have a lot of listeners who have long drives and, you know, they can't, you know, read a book as they drive. So they listen and they love learning and um, stepping outside of your comfort zone really helps us be able to do that. I mean, I'm sure that somebody listening to this episode was watering their inner variegated Hoya Carnosa. And then they just looked at it and was like, you're not who I thought you were anymore. Yeah. Rubra. <laughs> maybe or maybe not. It we might not know. be Rubra. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Hello, that's you. Right. How you was are. it labeled? Yes. How was that plant labeled when they you received it? Identified Hoya. Well, <laughs> if it came from a big box store, hello, house plant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Depends on which box store. Oh God, yes. Oh God. Okay, well, to before we wrap things up, should we head into our lightning question round? I wish I had a sound. Oh, we forgot about those. Oh. Question. Good, because we want it to be a surprise. Just, it's like word association. <laughs> we say a word and you, bam, you give us an answer. Um, That's I think these, dangerous. <laughs> I think these are fun. Uh, and I hope our audience likes them too. But this is just going to be where we ask like a certain question. And Rachel Collette Conroy is going to give us an answer 
as fast as you can. Don't stress about it. Um, <laughs> but the first one is what is your current pride and joy? Hoya wise. These are about Hoya in your collection. <laughs> I know your, I chi- your child my <laughs> is your pride and joy. Uh, it's an, it's an outer variegated Hoya Carnosa. Uh, and uh, I don't know its exact name yet. I'm tracing it back. Mm. It's gorgeous. Is it? It's stunning. Are, uh, I'll show you. I'll show you all a picture. Are, yes. are these? Would you be okay with us also posting these to Instagram stories with pictures? Sure. I sure. I didn't grow it myself. I found it. A friend of actually a friend of mine found it. Just really beautiful. Oh, it's a really I'm beautiful one. To see oh, me too. <laughs> All right. So, what is your most picky or finicky Hoya in your collection right now? Oh, I don't know. It's probably in my compost pit. Um, <laughs> Girl, I feel that <laughs> most finicky. <laughs> um, I just I just purchased my third Chewyorium. Okay. Oh. So let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> the first. The first two were decimated by flat mite. Oh, oh no. Gosh, those sons of bitches. Yes. The the first one arrived with them and the second one arrived with them. Yeah. <laughs> or got them from something in my collection while in quarantine. I'm not oh, sure. But yeah. when they get them when they have them in quarantine, I tend to blame it on arrival. Yeah. For sure. But I That's fair. I'm not under the I'm not I'm not under the impression that they're like not extant in my collection. Yeah. Okay. So side note here, I have been thinking about this a lot lately and in my journey on collecting Hoya and thinking like all of these certain Hoya that I thought were so difficult that maybe it just I need to try mite. again because it could have just had flat mites or broad mites or something that I couldn't yeah. see with my eyeballs. Yeah. 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 The very first one, it actually might've been broad mites. I can't remember because it was like years ago. Yeah. I, so I just don't remember. And I don't know if I, I don't remember if I like knew how to I tell the difference then. I just remember seeing, like I looked through the scope. It was years ago, you know, and mm-hmm. it was like the cheap the cheap scope back then, like the little one that I got off of like Kelly's like website. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to zoom in and I just remember seeing that thing chomping away after looking for like an oh. hour for something. And it was just like going at it. And I was like, oh, that's why you won't grow. I was Aww. so angry. And it was like gifted by a friend. And then like my, Anarchy right next to it was decimated, and I was, just, and they had gotten into my main collection, and I was just Ow. so mad. Yeah, it's oof, I yeah, mean, literally everyone those last few years. <laughs> Hashtag same. Yeah, <laughs> this was like too long ago. Yes. But yes. Still. Okay. Third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, try her again. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. We raised awareness. Yes, that's right. <laughs> The next one, the next lightning question. You have to leave your house immediately. You can only grab one Hoya to take with you out of your collection. Which one do you go for? Okay, so I thought about this. I know that's not fair for a lightning question. No, that's okay. I don't need to think too. I did. I like re-listened to April's and it was like, and 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 I think about this for years. I've always thought about I've always thought about what Hoya I would grab for my collection. And, um, and it has always been 
but it's no longer. It's always been, so I'm cheating. I know, guys, I'm cheating. It's always been my heirloom Carnosa that was my first ever Carnosa because, like, my, it was, like, it was my dad's and, like, he's, you know, it was my first one I ever started and my, my dad and my mom started it in, like, the 70s and, like, he had it when they met and then, like, I, she gave it to me when, you know, I was, like, younger and then, anyways, like, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But she still has, like, the big mother plant and a daughter from it. And I know that if anything ever happens, I could start it again and it would be the same clone. (laughs) And now I feel this like big responsibility for all of these like really endangered and, you know, rare Hoyas that are in my collection. So Uh. I'm, I'm like... Yeah, so I think it would be like, I don't know the exact one, but it would be like whichever one is closest to my hand the second that I was running out and like maybe as many as possible. Um, You know, whether, yeah. um, So there's one that is, um, I know, I know. It's probably not even like necessarily that rare, but if it was like the um, pubic helix from, Lilo Island that um, George Mendoza collected and sent to Ted Green um, that then Dorothy sent to me is a little cutting and Aww. it's like just really cool and gets this amazing flower and um, and I never see it. It's got round leaves like a carnosa and I think um, it was published um, again as um, oh I'm blanking. Uh, it has like another I think that it was published again as something else, but it's okay. Puka Calix. Wow. Anyways, I'm I'm rambling. I'm failing at lightning questions. <laughs> no, no, that's interesting. Now you've just like sparked a memory because Puka Calix is another one that I was just like, uh, I don't really get the, I don't really like those because mine was probably covered in flat mites and it didn't do much. And now I need to try it again. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I have one you can get a cutting uh, maybe of. Broad, okay. Maybe broad mites. The, oh, the, yeah. um I've noticed that the Carnosa complex is extremely prone to um, broad mites. Good to know. That's my guess for you. Okay. Mm. You know what? I was never about Carnosa. diagnosis? Because they always died on me. No. And it was probably broad mites. It might be. Probably. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Next question. <laughs> what is your favorite sun-stressed Hoya? Oh, geez. I'm the worst at sun-stressing. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm like not good at, I'm not good at it. Um, but I would say um, Affini Bartoniae, mm. um, the, the DS70 clone, the little one that uh, I got from uh, Dorothy and Ted that David Aww. Silverman gifted to Ted. Mm. It's, he sold it he had it listed as his variegated uh, thingii and it, but it's not, you know, there was just that issue with like, they were going to publish it as that name or they did, you know, Christine Burton published it under that species name, but then there was a type sheet mix up. Mm. So it's not, it's not published. <clears throat> um, but it's, uh, it's just so beautiful. And I do have that one under lights and it sun stresses really beautifully and it blooms a lot and um and have been able to share that a few times and in cutting boxes and stuff and um it's just really pretty uh so my address and i know this is a common hoya (laughs) just kidding (laughs) 
maybe I'd save that one in the fire. <laughs> like it's, it's not rare, but it's like, but it's got that story and it was yeah. like a gift, you know? Yeah. The stories, the stories are my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's what seem like, that's what's, and that seems important to you too. That's what's so special about Hoya. If you know their history and, yeah. and that's why I like to share things with people. Yeah, me too. I want to keep all those stories. Yeah, I want to collect all those little stories up and hang on to them, you know, and mm-hmm. share them out there. And okay, next up. You know, I told you that before. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, just a few more lightning questions. Next up is your most drool-worthy Hoya foliage. So the Hoya that has the most beautiful leaves, in your opinion, in your collection. I feel like that was, like, probably the answer to question number one. Uh, I <laughs> Yeah, is this hard to do this from the car and not the summer room? I'm looking through the windows of the summer room, like trying to look in, and then and then uh, and then there's and then the basement's down there too, and that's where most of them are. Um, I I almost want to say uh, this. It's a very specific clone um, of of Hoya. Lai, um, you've seen it probably. It's the one that April grows. It's um, there's several clones of it. It's like the type specimen, um, and it's got very very dark leaves that are very rich and long and have splash on them and has uh, the pubescent under. They're just really rich and. They are very, yeah, it's always yes. very pubescent. Yeah, okay, the, the, the okay. I know pubescent. the one that you're it's, referring it's to. It's pubescent everywhere, really. It's um, it's quite pubescent species. Um, it's um, it's almost kind of her suit. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, it's beautiful. I have it on my Instagram, too, because I'm really quite in love with it. I Ooh. got one from uh, April, yeah. and it's probably one of my f- yeah. favorites. Is that the one you gave me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That I'm growing so well? Yes. <laughs> that you'll cut <laughs> for me soon? It's so... <laughs> it's slow it's a slow grower um i mean it's going faster for me now but it's a slower grower for, than any of the others in that species i think okay mm. or well not that much else, much else is in that species anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right well just to make you uh ponder a little harder what is the hoya with your favorite flower in your collection right now Oh, yeah, no question. Uh, that would be Vestigii. Oh, we just, we just got one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, it's not just, it's, it's, um, I was like, could I reasonably do this from my grow tent just so I could smell that for like an hour? Oh, man. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. So Mark Randall is, you know, particularly into um, studying the fragrances of Hoyas. Um, You guys might have seen some of his initial research on Mm -hmm. that. He's doing some collecting of information on the Summit Journal group. And um, I wanted to just teleport him here when that first bloomed, (laughs) the second night in particular, because I have it in my grow tent. Um, my larger tent and you just open the door and it's like just a wall of the best jasmine tea. Oh, oh wow. Just, just really just immersing you, you know, it's really good. And I then it's that. just really gorgeous too. Yeah. Oh my yeah, I really do too. I cut, 
the um I cut the mesh that it was growing on so that I could get it down and like photograph <laughs> wow. it. But yeah. It's um it's a really good one. Yeah, I'm curious. Like I know I've seen Mark make posts about that. And I also want him to talk about the people who can't sell because so I have uh Hushkaliana that's um that's mm-hmm. flowering. And literally everyone in my life, these two girls, my partner, a uh, friend who just came to visit, they all can smell it. And I literally can smell nothing. I smell nothing. And they're all like, oh, that's so strong. And I, I, my nose is just like, nope, we're not going to smell this one. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Scent is a really unusual thing. You know, it's very personal and everyone's, uh, everyone's neurology is different and sense yeah. of smell is different, you know. Wild. Adam also um, has a car. But you carnosa. smell some oh, Hoyas, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I smell some. I do. I smell most, but that one, and then the species mm-hmm. of Phoebe Bertinet, which everyone complains about smelling awful. I don't smell anything when that one blooms. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Weird. Yeah. So it seems like, and that one has a very similar. That's also an acanthostoma. So uh, with a very similar, you know, in my opinion, the fragrance profile which what is the color uh which Kaliana you said was blooming well the flower's pink it's an outer variegated okay it's an um. outer variegated pink okay yep so you know I think those are very similar um fragrance profiles the and um anyways I could go on interviewing you about this and it's your interview but uh oh my gosh, let's I'm chat about like, that oh, yeah, that's wow. interesting and I think Mark would be interested <gasps> okay yeah yeah Interesting. Yeah, so the girls made me put it up next yeah. to my um, Hoya Compacta that was also flowering because they were like, "Ooh, butterscotch and chocolate." And so I put it, I put them next to each other and had them sniff it, and they were yeah. all like, "Ooh, that's so gross!" It made me nauseous. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a weird combination. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in my mind, I thought it would be, you know, a good combination, but it didn't, didn't work out that yeah. way. <laughs> no, cause it's like, it, it's, I think the, um, I was just talking to Mark about this too, that the, um, the cultivated Carnosa, um, like the, uh, not the heirloom Carnosa, but the Hoya Carnosa Compacta and like Carnosa Exotica, um, and the reverted Carnosas all seem to have that like cheap Easter chocolate kind of profile. Mm-hmm. And then the heirloom oh. Carnosa has that like really rich, rich. floral kind of smell. Oh. Um, yeah. And so it's just a totally different profile range. So I can see how that would be a little kind of little icky next to butterscotch, yeah. which is, I think, Sort of, I, I, not exactly how acanthostoma smells to me, but I definitely see it in that range. Wow. So, I have something you, to dive you mean, into that's like later. a good way to, to summarize it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, along the yeah. lines of that, our, our next lightning question is what is the stinkiest Hoya flower in your collection? The one that you just do not care to smell? The stinkiest. Uh, you know, I mean, I like smells. I like all, I like all these weird smells. And because of, you know, I was talking about, because of, uh, I've always enjoyed it. I've always thought it was fun. And like, there's like, t- uh, to me, there's like taxonomic relevancy to it. And it's part of the fun, weird mystery. Um so even when it's kind of like a weird, gross smell, I'm kind of like, oh, what does that mean? Um, <laughs> so I, I'm not necessarily going to like take it to bed with me and be like, I want to have this like near me. I'm, this is peaceful. But uh, I'm but I 
I mean, I enjoy like the, that part of it. It's, it's like, it's, it's interesting, you know, there's mm-hmm. all these like, mm-hmm. there's none that I don't like or think are gross. Um, but I don't want to like wear the fragrance of Matilde or serp- uh, uh, serpents. Um, serpents. Those are, yeah, to me, those are fragrances that are like very complex and very mm. interesting mm-hmm. and also smell like a combination of specific unique things. I also can't smell like Matilde. I don't want to wear. <laughs> really? I it's a slight hint, but no. And people do complain about that one too. It smells and I'm like, like it's mama and it's papa. Yeah, I, uh, but yeah, my, mine's literally <sighs> blooming all over. And when they open, I just, I literally like, there's at least seven peduncles that open at one, like all times when they bloom and I can't smell anything. So I guess that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Do you have this, um, this is just a personal question, but do you experience that with like food and things as well then? You know, I don't know. There's foods that you, you can't smell? Now that I really have, have taken note of it, maybe I'll just make, you know, maybe I'll smelling everything. Like, I mean, obviously I hate the smell of blue cheese, but. Okay. (laughs) But I don't know if there's anything that I don't smell. um, like a curry restaurant or like, you know, like you smell strong gar- garlic and stuff like that. You notice it. Yeah. Well, I don't go to a curry restaurant because I don't like curry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But he also no. can't eat spicy. He's a white boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep note of that to, to try to find a correlation there of like yeah. things. Because it seems like an, you know, like it's, yeah, you're something with your sense of smell. <laughs> I'm broken. You're okay. Broken. All right. No. Last flower question. What is the Hoya that flowers the most for you in your collection right now? Oh, boy. There's, uh, you know, the ones that don't stop for anybody probably, right? Um, the number DS70 pretty much doesn't shut off. Um, mm-hmm. It used to be the same with uh, it's the unnumbered. Um, Affini Bertonii, uh, mm. both of both clones, the long leaf, <clears throat> the long leaf, and the um, the round that lost its number or never had one. Um, but then I gave them cold damage when the uh-huh. power went out for five days. Mm. They are recovering, though. They are recovering. I removed the damaged leaves. They're they're bouncing back, and I've got peduncles, so nice. they're they're gonna be all right. Yeah, we'll be back in business. Um, <laughs> sunrise, you know, I've got a giant, just an absolutely giant sunrise. Um, and that is uh, is constantly in bloom and it leaves a mess all over the place. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like they're just, just, just everywhere, dead flowers. Um, that's how I should be able to tell who's in bloom is just from the dead flowers. Like, you know, you walk in and you're like, what is this smell? And it's like a weird combination usually of lacanosa and acanthostomas fighting with one another <laughs> uh, with some carnosa mixed in. And um, uh, where carnosa compacta should be coming back into bloom anytime now. Oh. Just kind of lazy about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and um, this is not a constant flower her, but I'm very excited that Hoya Maliski is coming into bloom, <gasps> uh, budding up. 
And uh, so that's going to be very exciting. And oh. there should be some cool things happening with that. Has that one bloomed for you April's yet hybrid? No, nope, it has not. She, <gasps> she sent it to me with buds on, which dropped in transit despite oh. the overnight shipment. <laughs> it, it was just the luck of the draw. And so it's going to be perfect and beautiful. And uh, oh we will share it widely. Oh. That's exciting. So very excited to see it. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. The last, we've reached the last lightning question. And this one doesn't necessarily have to be one that's in your collection. I'm going to give you a pass on that. But what, in your opinion, do you feel like on the market is the most underrated Hoya? <laughs> oh, man, I struggle with this term. Because um, I think, <laughs> like, I think I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I think that, like... We hear underrated, and I think that like in different circles, it's almost it's like probably... a price thing or something. Mm. Like, um, oh, like you know what I mean? Like, uh, like for example, like uh, Pubicalix is the most loved Hoya in the Philippines, yeah. um, and. Uh, I think that probably like if we actually did a real poll, like Carnosa would be like the most loved or second most loved Hoya like around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think some of our like some of the ways we maybe think are underrated are like kind of not. They're maybe just cheap because they're available mm -hmm. um, and we just clamor for what is new. I think we clamor for new stuff. Oh, um, wholeheartedly. So but I'm I, I, just, I, sure. do, I do want to clarify that I was yeah. not thinking price because yeah. I was thinking like. No, I know you're not. Yeah. I know. I just don't really know what underrated is. I don't you're know how right. to answer it right because I, I see that word and people say it like they'll see a beautiful Hoya and they'll be like, I think this is so underrated and I'm kind of like, is it? What does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what is underrated? Like, because I think it's popular, but people just don't necessarily demand it because they can get it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. no, 100%. So, like, what I, can, what I will say is I think that, like, um, so I did, like, a top 10 list for the Hoya Telegraphin. And I put like my top 10 favorite Hoyas on there, right? And they're all Hoyas that everyone can get, except for one that was very expensive, but it's still a Carnosa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pricey one. <laughs> and, um, but uh, I think that like everybody out there should have, I've talked like 10 times about the Affini Betonii. Um, <laughs> Right. I think that absolutely everyone out there it, like should grow that Hoya. Mm. Uh, don't put it next to your windows and let it get cold if your power's <laughs> going to drop. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the like maybe just the best, most gorgeous Hoya. Um, don't call it the species Bertonii. It's a different Hoya. Not the same thing. It might be the same someday, but. As of now, they're compared against one another in the publication. And uh, so they can't be the same thing. Um, but yeah, that that would be it, I think, like, as far as what you mean. Like a Hoya that kind of like no one necessarily thinks is cool, but is seriously cool because look at photos of it on Instagram yeah. and tell me you don't want, don't want like that Hoya like filling up your windows definitely um, underappreciated yeah and mm -hmm. I can't tell I mean and I think like or you know I, I mean I think every time someone sees one they're like whoa that's the prettiest thing and I'm not sure which one's prettier the long leaf 
uh, dark, you know, darker leaf, longer leaf, dark blooming form, or the uh, shorter leaf, short round, usually numbered as DS70 if it's tracked back to David. <clears throat> Lighter flower one. They're both so gorgeous for different reasons. Um, that's the one that the variegated unnamed cultivar came from. And uh, they're both just, I can't, they're just so pretty. <laughs> wow. They grow like weeds. Just don't, don't freeze them. They're way <laughs> more sensitive than I realized. I, I literally saw them. I got everything else. I was like, this will all be fine down to 30 for a couple of days. And like, was like, these are fine. I've left them through lots of power outages and just left them. <laughs> and, oh. and they just were the only ones with damage. Oh, oh no, oh, one other way up. But, but they were, but uh, they're fine. They're, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that was our episode wow. with Rachel. <laughs> and I didn't, we just absolutely love just like getting to know you more and hearing about these Hoya that you love, but also like, thank you for taking the time to just like go over and deep dive into this information with us, which I feel like can be pretty complicated nowadays, but hopefully it kind of um, solidified that information a little bit more for our listeners and definitely for us too. So yeah. thank you so much. And it probably much. wasn't even a deep dive. That was probably just the skim. Yeah, just like the skim. That was, yeah, a, no. sh that was a shallow... <laughs> That was a, a skim dive. <laughs> but we yeah, I feel like I may, might have just muddied it more for them. No, 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 no not so. at all. Not at all. But we hope to have you on again, Rachel, in the future so we can keep on talking about this topic because I think it's really important and relevant in, um, you know, for our hobby and for those of us who are collecting Hoya. Um, and we hope you enjoyed your time with us here. So thank you. <laughs> oh, very much. I'm so glad to have gotten to speak with each of you. Yes. And where is it that people can best find you, Rachel? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at My Hoya Conservatory. Uh, and on Facebook, um, uh, Rachel Collette Conroy. <laughs> and um, you can find us uh, um, at stomajournal.org mm -hmm. and um, the Stomach Journal Facebook group, of course, and answering ID questions at the Hoya Identification Group <laughs> and just around and about in the Facebook groups <laughs> as well, of course, yeah. doing stuff. Just doing um, the most. My, yes. Yeah, my my <laughs> email is also published in the in the um, Stemma Journal as well for questions related to the articles and wow. things of that nature. Awesome. All right. Well, thank thank you again, Rachel, for being on our podcast. Uh, that's where you can find her. You can also find us on Instagram at let's.talkhoya. We're going to be publishing lots of stuff about this episode and pictures of some of these lightning question Hoya from Rachel. Ooh. And you can also find us individually on Instagram. I am at notdude. I'm at thegreenplant.az. And I'm at perritos y plants. Adios. Annyeong. Bye. Au revoir. <laughs> oh, I love What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.